0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Gin & Tonic blog. Every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food in Malaysia, from speaking to chefs and restaurateurs about their restaurants, to exploring the origins of certain dishes, to geeking out over tasty discussions with food friends or experts. On this week's show, we have Syed Mohamed Adam on the show with us. He's a partner and head of business development at Pasta Panas, a fast casual restaurant from Jaya that has seen rapid growth over the pandemic. With classics like carbonara and alio and inventive flavours like spicy shoyu and salted egg, Pasta Panas has managed to blend comfort and creativity into an affordable pasta place for all, with multiple outlets across the Klang Valley today. So to tell us about the story of Pasta Panas, especially about their growth in the past year, here's Syed Mohammad Adam from Pasta Panas. Hi Adam, welcome to the show.
0: Hey man, what's up dude? Hey guys.
1: Yeah, thanks Thanks for taking the time to be here. Just as an introduction to uh, yourself and Pasta Panas, um, to those who haven't heard of you especially, tell us a bit about your your business.
0: So alright guys, um, as you just mentioned, my name is Adam. Uh, I'm the part owner as well as the head of the business development Pasta Panas. So a bit of background story of Pasta Panas. Um, We've been around for about five years. So we originated in Subang Jaya, in USJ9, so it's practically where, where where I live. So Pasapanas started off as a stall, like a Burger Ramley stall. The idea behind Pasapanas is majority of us we've grown up together since we were in primary school. So we've been together since day one, practically. So I think Pasapanas is a family built brand. So it started off with a couple of guys deciding, you know we got to find some way to make like side income after, mm. apart from our daily job. So they were thinking, why don't we just sell, why don't we sell pasta? So we decided to go with it. And I think, you know, to start off, we only managed to cook 40 dishes a day. So 40 dishes was like the peak of our sales for for the day. So uh, if we had, if we had, if we sold 40 dishes, that was it. Oh, so if, if, if you run out, you run out. Yeah. So we tell, we would tell our customers, guys, out of spaghetti, without out of beef out of bacon? Oh wow, I'm sorry about because yeah, which was an interesting concept to start with, because I felt that, of course, to sell 40 dishes in a day is a huge accomplishment for, for, for a bunch of guys who had no experience at all that be, you know <laughs> so that went on for about a year or two, and sooner we realized like, hey, you know what? the demand is there. people notice us, and everyone comes. And supports mm. this figure, so we were thinking, you know, let us let's, let's take it up a notch. So, from forty went to hundred dishes. To from hundred dishes went to two hundred dishes, and this was all done at home. So imagine, after after closing up, you go home and we would boil the spaghetti and pack the spaghetti again, just to go through the same process literally every day, seven days a week. Wow. Oh, wait. Yeah. So
1: so so when you had, when you kind of bumped up the production from like 40 to 100 to 200, it was all still in this one small stall in, in USJ9. It's not even yeah, a shop yeah. lot, so, right? Yeah. So,
0: it's, so it's, not, it's not, it's not, it's like a stall, like a, like a moving stall, like, you know, like a, like a, like a shopping cart, like a, like a food cart, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. So it continued at home. At starters, it was two of my guys. One, one is the founder, which is Amish. And the other guy who's a cook and the guy behind the recipe, which is Awi. So his name is Sharawi, but we call him Awi because, I don't know, we just, just, we've been calling Mm -hmm. him Awi since he was small. So, yeah. So it was these two guys, they were doing that in and out, cooking the spaghetti at night, packing them, even with the help of our mothers at the same time, and buying beef and all the other ingredients. So it was, but yeah, but there, there were a lot of challenges in the sense that, you know, I think, with a lot of businesses nowadays, I guess with people, entrepreneurs who want to start businesses, it's very important for you to understand the mechanics behind coming up with a product, you know, because we, even regardless of where we are today, I think we are, when we started off, one of the things we we faced, number one, is production. Like I said, like, you know, it it started at home. I think with 100 dishes, it was okay. I think when, when it got 200, it was, a bit, it was a lot to handle. And on top of that, your pricing has to be good. When I say good, not just good to consumers, but good to yourself as well. Because at the end of the day, it's a cost that you incur on your product, that you spend on that particular product for you to sell it. So, I mean, there was a point when we felt that, oh my God, we were selling like a thousand dishes a month. And we were like, oh. and we we're making peanuts. I'm like, Guys. <laughs> Like the hell, man? Like, what's going on? Like, we we're making, like, we're selling thousand dishes a, a month. And the boys were like, eh. How the hell are we selling a thousand dishes a month and we're making like peanuts? Yeah. It's like the amount of
1: effort you put into yeah. it is like, oh it's not. Translating. It doesn't justify, yeah, not not yeah. translating.
0: So we so the boys were like, This can't happen, man. Like I, we can't keep doing this from month to month. Mm. So yeah, I think it's it was a stepping stone for us to further understand the, the 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 world of running a business, you know? So we so the boys went to finance courses through, business courses, just, just in general to understand the concept and the elements put together in order to to form a successful business. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I I would love to find out more about like how
1: you scaled up from, you know, that small stall into having like multiple outlets
0: nowadays. Yeah. So I think the pinnacle, so when we had the first stall, so then we moved to the second stall, which was about two to three kilometers away, which was a stall as well. Also in Subang. This yeah. Way. Also in Subang. But it was more like a you know like you know when you go to like a Marmot stall and you have like multiple stalls surrounding mm. that particular Marmot stall? Yeah, so we had another one. Then we make five hundred a day, close to goes to five hundred, six hundred a day. Mm. And then I think the pinnacle point that made us turn into where we are today is when we hopped on food panda. Ah. So Food Panda was our first merchant. Right. Yeah. And and in in what year was this actually? Oh, Food Panda was in 2017, I think. So it was amazing because like at one point, we only had two guys, which was Amish and Aoi. But then on, but then with, with the fact that we had two outlets and Food Panda being on board as well, you know, we had to definitely up our manpower. So mm. from two, it went, from, it went to four. And from four, it went to six. And today, we have over 200 staff, ground staff. I mean, kitchen staff who handle cooking and whatnot at the outlets. Yeah, that's a that's a crazy build up, man,
1: dude. That's crazy. <laughs> and and your latest store is the is it one in Bangsa?
0: Is that your latest outlet? So Bangsa opened uh, last last year. So our latest store till today just opened in Sha'alam, Alam in Section Seven. And and yeah. how many stores do you have today? So I think about fourteen. Wow. I mean, it's fourteen launched outlets. So currently ongoing, we've got three outlets that are opening. One in Sitialam, one in Bangi. Got one in Nilai as well. Got one in Cyberjaya.
1: Yeah, you guys are really expanding. You know, from from a little store in Subang. Wow,
0: now you're across the whole Klang Valley. Yeah. So I think like with the boys and me, we our goal was was always to be the McDonald's of Malaysia. You know, because we wanted oh, to wow. be big, that big goal. You know, yeah, <laughs> huge goal, huge goal. So we've all, we've always wanted to be that brand that people would know and care about. And every time you look at that brand or that logo, you know what it is. You know, mm. you look at that packaging. You look at McDonald's. How will you not know what McDonald's is? If you look, yeah. at the, if you look, if you if you buy nuggets, you say, "Oh, obviously, you know where it's you know where it's from, right?" Mm. So, so you want to be like, oh, when you get
1: pasta, you want people to be like, "Oh, pasta panasta."
0: Not, not, not specifically pasta, but the experience behind the meal, behind the food, when you dine when you dine in or when you take away. So, I think when we started off, like I said, like there's a lot of challenges that we faced and things we've learned. So, I think now. With our current outlets we are trying to make sure that we we deliver the same experience amongst all our outlets mm. and sort of the vibe that you get when you dine in you know i don't want one outlet to be different than the other one like you look at mcdonald's if you go to any mcdonald's it's the same thing yeah yeah building
1: that consistency and, and yeah almost see, like in the, the food, brand presence yeah, yeah in the
0: food the branding
1: the experience everything's the same mm. how did you all stumble upon pasta or how how do you decide on you know in, in the beginning you were like okay we, we want to have like a side business side income yes. and how did how did pasta
0: come out so i guess in general to be fair like i feel like Malays i don't think i don't think it's a racial thing but i feel like you know Malays with food you're known to sell nasi mm. or you know me me not pasta me like me goreng you know me kari or whatever kind of stuff so i think with the boys we've we weren't just all Malay, you know. And the guys, the founding guys behind this, we were, we were a bunch of boys. I would say we we're a bunch of foodies as well. So we're not solely into nasi, mm. <laughs> but more so, more so the fact that I felt like it had to be some turning point. Not like 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 a, like a you know, it, it catches your eye when you see a Malay selling pasta, but mm. then a Malay guy selling nasi. You get what I mean?
1: Right. And and what were some of your flavors that you started off with?
0: So, the basic flavors that we started off with was uh, Agriolio, which still today is one of our top sellers as well. Yeah. And then we had Carbonara, we had Arabiata, mm. <clears throat> and then now, I think now we've got about 12 or 13. Yeah.
1: Flavors. Yeah. So, so, I guess you guys started off with really classic flavors, right? Yeah. Like the ones we, you- we,
0: we were very safe. We wanted to start off with things that weren't hard to cook and were easy to sell.
1: And you know it's going to be good right? Yes, yes, yes. And where along the process that you guys venture into more creative uh, pastas, I would say, because now you have like salted egg, spicy shoyu, and like mandarin mac and cheese. Yeah, all all, all these places. how did they come about?
0: Yeah, so I think like with one of our our founders, um, like I said, Awi, he's a huge food guy and he cooks, he really cooks. And he can whip you a hell of a meal if you Mm. ask me. So, I think, like I said, over the years, we've learned a lot, not just from what we faced, but as well with like our our I would not say competitors, like you know, like McDonald's. Like mm-hmm. McDonald's, if you see, they have a seasonal thing where when it's Chinese New Year, they have prosperity, and somewhere in the middle of the year, they will have their Samurai Burger and their Cut Fries. So for us, at one point, I didn't want it to come to a point where people would get bored of what we what we what we offered. So I think with further discussion with the team we decided to come up with promotional things. So like with Chinese New Year, we had Mandarin Mac. So Mandarin Mac was a promotion specifically for Chinese New Year. More to attract more of the Chinese crowd because I feel like the presence is there, but we just wanted to like increase that presence, not just in the Malay, but with other races as well. So we had the Mandarin Mac. We came with the Mandarin Mac and the uh, side of Dim Sum. Right. Yeah. Mm.
1: And, And which out of all the newer flavors that you have uh, have done surprisingly well
0: well to be honest um all of them have done fairly well but i think with the ramadan with the ramadan promotion we had uh, we we have a collaboration with tiga budak i'm not sure if you know of tiga budak so actually tiga budak i don't know if you guys know this tiga budak is actually three siblings so uh, their dishes are actually just rice uh, with their famous uh, Ketchup sauce, which comes with the chicken, ketchup lah. So I am mm. as a ketchup with 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 rice. So it's pretty, it's really really damn good, if you ask me. Because I, when I was in KPMG, I would always order it to the to the office. So what <laughs> we did, what we did was we we, we talked to them and say, hey guys, hey guys, you know, why don't we why don't we collab for Ramadan? And so they were in for it, and we were in for it, and yeah, it happened. And to be honest, it was weird because we were kind of skeptical because I don't I don't know if like. Pasta would go well with like ketchup. This is like Malay ketchup, you know? Like, you mm. like ketchup, like uh, you. It's like
1: quite a sweet, a bit darker.
0: kind yeah, of. Yeah, a bit range. darker. Yeah. So, we were quite skeptical whether it would blend with the local tongue, you know? Mm. Local taste buds. So, what we did was that it was a lot of R&D. So, we love R&D. And then, actually, it was just a, a Awi who tested the food. But we felt like, the rest of us was like, you know what? Why don't we try it as well? Because at the end of the day, I'm a customer as well, you know? Mm. Like even mm-hmm. though I work at Pasar Panas, you know, sometimes for lunch I would order Pasar Panas myself and pay, regardless of the fact that I am a part owner. You know, cause I, I go beyond my means to support my brand as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, and and
1: and this pasta there's also like sambal, right? Which which yeah, I guess it's, like it's so, really so, seals the yeah, deal. Yeah, so
0: it's it's, it's 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 basically just uh, ketchup infused pasta, with beef or chicken, whichever mm. you whichever you prefer, and you're given a side of sambal which you can choose to add
1: right Mm. and yeah yeah, i want to go back to i guess your your growth in the past Mm -hmm. i would say like i guess like two three years right yeah one of the things that you you mentioned is now was was going on food panda that was a big turning point um and i also saw that in the past year in the pandemic especially yeah you had like a a big partnership with grab right how did that come about and and how did that drive your your growth or sales Before we continue our conversation, we are going to take a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. Let's pick up where we left off. I've been speaking with Said Mohammad Adam from Pasta Panas. We've been talking about Pasta Panas's origin story and the kinds of pastas they serve, but now we're turning our focus to their recent growth. In particular, Adam will be telling us about how the boom in food delivery over the pandemic has paved the way to their success. Uh, I want to go back to, I guess, your, your growth in the past... Mm-hmm. I would say like, I guess like two, three years, right? Yeah. One of the things that you, you mentioned is now was was going on Food Panda. That was a big turning point. Um, yeah. And I also saw that in the past year, in the pandemic especially, Yeah. you had like a a big partnership with Grab, right? How did that come about and, and how
0: did that drive your, your growth or sales? So Grab actually started way before the pandemic as well. A year, year and a half before that, to be, honest, to be fair. So we, I felt like Food Panda was good. But like I said, we, we were wanting to go to reach bigger goals so thank, thankfully grab approached us saying, okay you know guys why do we don't we put you on the what do we put you on grab and me and the boys like I said, with the way we've run things, we're always like you know the concept of Langa Langa is like when you know when you run a business you're like you know what whatever whatever the cost may be, I'll do it I'll go through it you know if it's a risk for me, I'll do it so like we opened a stall in uh, k l c. w which is an is which in which is in k l which is a container concept, we had like fifty grand, fifty K. That was all we had in savings. So we were like, should we do this? Some of us were like, guys, like this is all we have. Like if this if this if this goes south, we are, we are screwed, man. Like we are we are monumentally screwed. So then we were the boys like, you know what? Let's just do it, man. So we opened the store and the first week, oh my god, it was like oh, 10 orders, twenty orders a day up. Oh no! Oh no! Like no! <laughs> <laughs> like we we're screwed. And believe it or not, the next week orders came, barging in, and I think it was more more because of the surrounding area of our store it was a lot of office buildings. Mm. So orders started coming in, crazy orders coming in. And
1: and were these orders all on
0: delivery apps? Both. Right, right. Both yeah, like takeaway and delivery. Yeah and i think yeah i think with 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 our with us being on grab and with the support of the community as well, we managed to win an award at grab mm-hm yeah, a top performing award
1: yeah yeah, yeah and and
0: us. I see that you guys always get like featured on
1: on on grab you know like yeah when so, you so, order food, so yeah so I think you're on top
0: with grab exclusive uh you you're you're entitled to like a a couple of privileges lah. number one number one being that you would be on the highlight of all promotions like we mm-hmm. grab that. the minute you open grab you'll you always the be there yeah. yeah yeah but I think one thing with, with uh, I think with the merchants it's it's it ties down to the commission they take you know so like some, some I don't think I, I'm not going to go into specific details but some commissions may vary with different merchants some may be high and some may be low which is an opportunity cost for us but in my perspective at the end of the day it's about being able to reach customers. I'm I think I mean I'm I've got to be thankful to these merchants as well, Food Panda and Grab because I think without them like we wouldn't be able to reach to the millions of customers who are keen on buying pasapanas, you know?
1: Yeah, so, I think there's yeah. there's certainly like pros and cons, right? Like some of the some of the merchant commission they'll take like up to thirty percent, which is why like yeah, people even you always hear people com- complain about it, right? But at the yeah. same time, like you said, they also provide a really big reach and, and mm-hmm. with Pastapanas when you guys are on people's like highlights and, and mm-hmm. you get like exclusive
0: features. Yeah. Uh, I agree. But I think where we are now, mm-hmm. I think with the commission it's something that we can we can bear. But I'm talking about like the smaller I'm smaller talking about guys. The smaller the smaller yeah. guys, the guys who are starting off, which I wouldn't say is unfair. Mm-hmm. like I feel like they take the same amount of percentage out from guys like us. As well for the for the guys who just mm. um, were starting off. Right, right. So I think there should be a new scheme where, you know, you should you should it's like a tiered tier list. Yeah, like... it, should, it should be like a tiered yeah. list where like with guys who are starting up, it should be a certain amount, yeah, a bit less, you know, because I think it's fair.
1: Mm, yeah. But um yeah, so speaking of I guess all these food deliveries and, and increasing sales, in the coming months I I foresee Delivery and and getting food orders like becoming a a bigger thing. It, it, I mean, if it hasn't already, and just wondering from from your end, from Pasta Panas's end, is there anything that that you guys are putting your focus on um, to survive through the next couple of months? It's a good question,
0: uh, June. So I think with the whole, I think to start off with the whole pandemic I mean, since last year, since COVID when it first mm. happened, when we were first given the lockdown where everything was shut down. So I think pasapanas. Just the way we started our brand, we were always like takeaway and delivery focused. So because like I said, we were a stall, so we didn't have our own dining area. So if when we were at the mama, we were lucky because there was dining area there. So there were guys who dined in, and there were guys who took took away and del- and ordered delivery. So mm. I think just the the first lockdown definitely had an impact on us because like. I guess the, the government didn't know what to do. So the first lockdown was like, there was no delivery. Mm. Everything is closed. Only like essential, like uh, shops would be open. Like only one person is allowed to go out from the house. Yeah. So it did have an impact to start off with, but thankfully with the government, you know, I, I, I'll praise the government on things that they've done well. So I think a good thing to start off with, to start off with after the first lockdown, it was a good call for them to like start to start open up with being able to like allow people to deliver and food restaurants are open like because I think that a lot of industries need to be open not because they rely on them but as well as people rely on them too you don't just let restaurants open because they need to survive yes they need to survive number one but bear in mind you've got people who depend on food and I'm not saying everybody cooks in every household you know there are households that don't cook I mean I don't cook all the time if you ask me so when they started opening it was surprising that our, our, our delivery went higher than it was before. Mine, right. Yeah. More so, I think because yeah, everyone was too scared to go out. Yeah. And so that, I think that had an effect on the, our delivery numbers as well. So our numbers went crazy. It went high. So with that being said, me and the boys, we sat down and we said, you know, this is an opportunity for us, you know? So the fact, with the fact that we didn't have many stores last year, as mm-hmm. we do today. So I think upon a lot of so I take credit to one of our to our our chairman and our advisor, which is uh din. He's like our mentor, so he gives a lot of insight onto how to expand and how to, you know, how to take that take that step to be ahead of others, especially with this pandemic. which which may not make sense because yeah, who, who opens stores during a pandemic, you know? Like, how sure are you that it would succeed? Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money involved. And not just that, like, how sure are you like that? If we open a store, the numbers will show. So like I said, we're doers, we're not donors. So we're like, you know, guys, let's just do this. So we open, we open in Bangsa. We open in Damansara, We open in Ampang. We open in Samui. We open in uh, Kota Kemuning. We open in Sha'alam. All, all in the past year. All in the past year. Wow. And
1: I'm telling you, the numbers are crazy. So, so crazy. you guys are you guys are doing a
0: doing a great job then. I mean, we we're, we're really thankful because it it just shows to us that people know of the brand mm. and the fact that we're able to reach out to these guys to be able to offer them the chance to buy. Because sometimes, like, we would do polls on Instagram saying, if you were to open an outlet, where should we open? I've got guys saying, uh, Malacca, Kota Kinabalu, uh, Johor, Seremban uh, Pulau Pinang you know uh, are, are those happening soon in in the next yeah, year yeah yeah I mean guys you guys <laughs> you guys better keep your eyes open you know I mean like we might you never know we might be in Johor we might be in Melaka you never know uh-huh. I mean but the goal is definitely there
1: yeah yeah I think at the speed at which you guys are expanding and, and the success that you guys are having right now seems like a, a great train to be on
0: yeah and you know I, I mean over the past uh, two to three months, uh, I've had a lot of customers saying that they want to be a part of the Pasapanas family. You know, like to to own their own store, mm, almost so like think, a like a franchise. Yeah, like a franchise. So I think to start off with, we were quite skeptical because I feel like Pasapanas is our is a family brand. So you know, mm. it's something that we treasure more than anything. Apart from our own family, Pasapanas was mm. <laughs> another family. You know, like we've been there together since day one. So I think. This, Initially, we didn't want to open doors to people who wanted to invest in the company. By, by in, by, What I mean by invest is to open their own store. But after discussions with the team, I think giving people a chance to be a part of the family is a way of us giving back to them, you know, with all the support that we've given throughout the years. So I think about two to three months ago, we opened our licensing program where we opened the doors to guys who to people who were interested in owning the and i'm telling you the minute we promoted on instagram i had like hundreds of emails coming in you know oh wow so so have have any uh, are there any franchise stalls already Yeah, so uh, like i mentioned to you uh, our pending stores that are opening uh, which is in cyberjaya in uh, bangi nilai, as well as say? in nilai and in uh Seti Alam, these are all licensees. Right, I see. Yeah. So, licensees is different from franchising because I think franchising in general is, for example, like if you wanted to open a Pasar with, fr- with if you if, if were a franchise, you would have to outsource your own staff, your own workers, you know, you've got to outsource your constructions. But with us, yeah. so what we do is, we will do all of that from A to Z. We will run it for you on day-to-day operations. So, what 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 you would do is you would come in as an angel investor. Mm, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you
1: you guys are, are really you know taking the next step and and this seems like uh the the next step in your in your growth and and I can see you guys going going places, man. Uh, with with this brand. So, uh, yeah. Just wanna just wanna thank you again for coming into our show and for sharing uh your story and the story of Pasta Panas.
0: No worries, man. I mean, June. Thank you so much. I mean, uh, I've never been on radio, ever. So I'm really thankful to BFM, to for approaching us to be on the to be on the on the show, and yeah, man. I hope every I hope all of you stay
1: safe. Good to you, June, and and all the best to to you as well and your business. Take care you too, man. That is all for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. And if you're hungry for more food news and fun recipes, you can keep up to date with me on Instagram. I'm at Tonic, that's J-U-N dot A-N-D dot This is Jun signing off. You've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9.